Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. What's up? I'm John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. Hi, John. It's me. <laughs> hey, John. Your old friend, John. It's me, Kevin. I'm oh, here. Oh, hey, bro. Hey, it's good to see we're, you. We're joined, thankfully, by our good friend, Andrew. Uh, couldn't be more happy. Hey, yeah. everybody. Thanks again for having me. I love coming on this show and being the seventh degree from Schwarzenegger. Dude, you yes. are. Through you me. certainly are. <laughs> well, we're here to talk more Highlander. There's plenty to discuss. Thank you and welcome to all our listeners. New listeners, old listeners, listeners on the last of the Action Heroes podcast network. Yes. Check out some of the other shows that are going on over there. There's all types of Stallone things, which we hate. <laughs> no, actually, Stallone movies are the funnest to talk about because his are, are uh, arguably the, some of the shittiest the most and most insane. Un- unhinged movies of the 80s. But they're... they're- they're shows specifically devoted to Seagal, Van Damme, yeah, all the icons I, 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 of the I era. I the Seagal guys might have left, but we need to fill their void. I'd with, like uh, to fill her void. I want to do Under Siege in the worst possible way. So we'll do Under Siege okay. at some point. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones giving a killer performance. Yeah, we'll Gary get that Gary Busey in drag. Uh, Steven Seagal ripping throats out. I was going to say, that's my favorite uh, improv category. It's Gary Busey and drag. Go. Yes. So yeah, we're gonna we'll get to these movies sooner yeah. or later. We will also bring you more Schwarzenegger movies because there's a few that we have not talked about That's yet. Right. Um, we're we're biding our time. Yeah, we can't we can't exhaust the well. But yeah, but um yeah. So in the thanks, meantime, what are thanks. we talking about today? We're back. We're on our Highlander shit. Highlander. We're yeah. We're Highlander. finishing off our Highlander. Series. Yes, this is the ultimate episode. It ain't the penultimate episode, no, that's for sure. We've done that one already. <laughs> you listen to it, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is a fucking batshit movie out of 1986. I think John's going to try to catch us up on this mayhem. Uh, all I know is what happened after the, in the action of the last episode is that Highlander went on a weird date with Brenda in which he cornered her into revealing that she was a sword expert who wanted to know about his sword, but he was like baiting her for some unknown reason. Like we don't know why he emotionally assaulted her with a book. Yeah. And he was like, I just wanted to know what your feelings were. You're selfish. Um, You're only thinking about yourself. And then next thing we know, he's in central park with Castagir, who is another immortal. Uh, uh, new, yeah. The last episode, I mean, we're, we're what we're, we're well past the midway point of the movie. Yeah. We got two, New characters Huge, dumped in like our laps. Big characters that 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 take up you know thirty percent, no, well twenty percent of the movie. At least at least half of the last part. Yeah, and so Caskier is an immortal who uh, McLeod's known for probably centuries. Buddy buddies, and they and they're like, and Caskier's like, 
yeah, man, shit's going down. Gathering's going to be here. You ready? And Macaw's <laughs> like, what? Okay, cool. What? And so they drink hooch and reminisce on old times. And then the next thing you know, a batshit crazy survival fetishist slash punisher, what do you call it, imitator, is riding around New York looking for a fight and finds one and finds Castigear getting killed by a Kurgan. <laughs> and a Kurgan, Kurgan kills Some Castigear, Kurgan. absorbs his the quickening, mm. and uh, the fetishist ends up in the hospital where he's questioned by Frank and Walt, and he's like, dude... Highlander didn't do this. Another crazy fuck did. There's another dude. And I mean, that's about that's about yeah. it. I mean, we're basically we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Obviously, yeah. Highlander is going to clash. The last with, battle is coming with the Kurgan soon. Some Kurgan a- a- and Kurgan, <laughs> the <laughs> ultimate Kurgan and Kurgan. Andrew, uh, did that seem about right? I think we're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that like, it's, it's really disappointing. You know, we get to that in the, in the last episode, we talked about some of the moments that could have really endeared this movie to us more. If we had focused a little bit more on those vignettes of McLeod's life, um, throughout time. Um, yeah. Although he doesn't have as much of it. That's the bread and butter. That's what makes this movie interesting is the jumping around in time. You can do interesting things with your storytelling that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we they t- don't, we talked a could. lot last time about like missed opportunities. So uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna rewrite this together. Um, but it's gonna be we about should, like a lowlander instead of a highlander. We're gonna go. <laughs> Dutch. Well, he, he's from Isla. He's the islander. <laughs> Ooh, islander. That's good. Do you remember the uh, the Super NES game Turtles in Time? Hell yeah. Yeah, we've played that drunk. I'm pretty sure all of so us have played times. that drunk at my my old apartment <laughs> at one point or another. Um, but like that shit's like, why not have like show three or five minutes of Highlander in the old west? Show three or five minutes of Highlander on the high seas at a different yeah. point in time. Absolutely. Show, show him in ancient Egypt. Like show him jumping. He was born after ancient Egypt. But like there there are ample opportunities where they could have shown him in like small doses like living this life absolutely and the experience. revolutionary war yeah yeah absolutely it's like it would just cost too much we got a limited thing of him around revolutionary war times it's 1783 we or see war him war in world war ii briefly yeah, world war ii times you know that's interesting that you call that out though because why was he in france for world war ii if he's been living in the u.s since the 1700s we just found he's that out last around. time so maybe he was just like, ah, oh, go fuck around in Europe for a while. Oh no, a I war. guess when you're alive the whole time, you probably have to psych yourself out and be like, I gotta, I gotta move. I gotta I go gotta somewhere get back else. Over to Europe. Like I've spent 150 years here. I've got to leave. This town. I sucks. haven't been stabbed in so long. Let's go to that war zone. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he has been. He's like, it's time for a new stabbing. I don't know. Anyway, my beef, my big beef so far is just like I don't see any attraction between Highlander and Brenda, the, the forensics police officer. Like, I don't see why they're, I have not sensed any actual attraction between them. Thus we, far. we talked about another missed opportunity where it could have been like, he's connecting with a spirit, like yeah. from an olden time that yeah. looked that, exactly like her, which would have made more sense. Or you just make them platonic, but they don't but, have to fuck. But for uh, him to show buddies. up at her house and like, and, and then humiliate her somehow by showing her, her her own book and call then saying, her like, out like that he knows that she's lying yeah. but like that's such a weird flex to be like I know you're lying why isn't this about me and my feelings it's so 
so weird and manipulative. Every you date know, that a, I've ever gone on where I've told the woman within the first five minutes that she was a liar has ended really well. <laughs> I know you're a liar. You liar. Let me just start this off by telling you you're a liar. <laughs> I know you're a liar. I brought your book you that ever, sold three copies. It sucked. Did you ever come and present them with a with a not only a bottle of alcohol, Just, but also yeah. a gift. Well, I, I printed I printed out all their Facebook history and handed it to them <laughs> and said, "Never brought. I've never brought a gift that wasn't like a bottle of alcohol for yeah a, a date. That was weird to show up with two things. Yeah, show up with two things. Both of them to to ridicule her. But maybe Emily Actually, Post was like, I, I would love bring to- alcohol and a gift. I would love to try some two hundred year cognac." Mm. I wonder. Yeah, does I do. Does it taste I do. good or does it taste not well, as good as that's new the thing stuff? Is like if it's not been sitting in a barrel, because it can't, it's been aged, because otherwise it would just evaporate. But sitting in a bottle, sitting I would love to bottle, just like, yeah. I would love to taste that and see what, because I love, you've had some cognac. I've made you I've taste had some Hennessy and stuff. Yeah, some yeah. Cognac. yeah. Andrew, do you like cognac? I like it all right. It's not my like yeah. first choice, but it's, it's something that like in the right moment, in the right uh, situation or environment, it seems like, yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a good drink to have. Yeah. smooth drinking if you get the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There are some that can be a little more abrasive, but like some, some things like, a like I like Armagnac. Anyway. I like we'll to drink like a peasant. <laughs> I want beer and whiskey. There you go. Ale, ales and meads. Yeah. <laughs> Someday as a, like a mini. So John will have to tell you the story of the time that we just got. Oh, fuck. Obliterated at this place. Yeah. yeah, On mead at this place called the Ship and Shield. On on Leif Erikson Day. (laughs) Did they have turkey legs there? No, they should have. But they they had basically, it was like standard pub fair food. But it was supposed to, they they build themselves as being the Viking experience. Hell yeah. But they had they had half a dozen or more meads on draft. Fuck. And then they had a, a list of mostly very high gravity beers. And so, uh, you know, Andrew and I and a bunch of uh, the guys at the office were like, let's fucking celebrate Leif Erikson day at this <laughs> Viking restaurant. And we went and we got absolutely obliterated. And that's where, yeah. I think I told you, that's where I bought that famous $72 um, pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, that you had it like post yeah. made it or yeah, whatever. I was like, favor. I had them like bring it over by favor. It's like that'll be eighty dollars, please. They, uh-huh. <laughs> they didn't even bring the right kind. Those fuckers. No, they brought the wrong, the wrong fucking pack. <laughs> anyway, I smoked. What's, anyway. This, what's this podcast about? Oh, uh, we're gonna veer. We're gonna take a hard turn back into Highlander territory oh, about the movie. Vikings. Yeah, was close. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very so, close. So we picked the action up at this magnificent cathedral. McLeod, he's lighting a prayer candle. He's kneeling to wish a happy birthday to Heather. That's his wife who died many hundreds of years ago in Scotland. He asks his good buddy Ramirez to look after her. Yeah, uh, that's afterlife, sweet, sweet I guess. Do, do Highlanders and uh, regular people go to the same place when they die? Uh, I, I don't know. That's interesting. They don't ever talk about nah. where, a, where a soul goes. Because at this point, I think when you, as a an immortal, your soul's absorbed so is there an afterlife for you or does your are you cognizant as an immortal when your soul is rattling around inside a kurgan's body oh that would suck you're like trapped in the kurgan and they're like banging around who in like a get out type situation where you're like in the the sunken place yeah the sunken place inside the kurgan some Kurgan's sunken place. Yeah that would fucking suck although you know the kurgan's doing some kinky ass shit with these uh 
women of the night, so maybe it's not all bad. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I'm thinking that maybe you, all you're absorbing is, you're absorbing the, uh, like, the power. Like the, the sexual virility. <laughs> yeah. Well, mostly the power, but then, like, maybe the cognizance, everything else uh, goes to, like, a a Jedi place, like a post-death Jedi place. That's what I have to imagine, is that, like, your your psyche goes over here, and your physical immortal power goes over here. After the blue lightning's done yeah, zapping, you, zapping your shit. <laughs> Andrew, you did not lie. This movie was full of blue lightning. Oh yeah, <laughs> I did love it. It is. It's yeah. It's the most. It's the most blue lightning per frame of any film ever made. I think <laughs> they're gonna blow the budget out on this last chapter with yeah, the blue like, lightning as well. Shit, we gotta have more blue lightning. Um, but yeah, this this uh, cathedral was magnificent. It was also in London. Yeah, not in New York. The choir boys are singing "Now Thank We All Our God." If you're into hymn tunes, uh, you know I am. <laughs> and the and the nuns there are wearing those like Dutch habits cool. with the like weird white yeah um, the, like Flemish. It's Flemish, so you know they're um, nuns. The only other place I've seen that shit is in Pee Wee's Big Adventure or the Flying Nun <laughs> or the Flying. <laughs> so so Kurgan enters the church, of course. He kneels in front of uh, some other candles, which he starts extinguishing and being a general bastard. Right. The nuns and other worshipers, they aren't digging this dude's vibe. He walks up to the same shrine. He'd been like staking the joint out, walked up to the same, um, not shrine, but uh, altar to the Virgin. And it's like putting out the candles that McLeod was lighting yeah. and others yeah. is like, fuck this shit. Well, and he's, we should remind our viewers that he's lighting the candle for Heather's birthday. He promised her. Right, right, right. That- yes. That's, That's it, yes. correct. That he would yeah, light a candle for her on her birthday every year. Which is awesome. That's a very cool detail. He's been keeping it up for hundreds of years, presumably. Yeah. Good very for cool. him. Carrying the torch. I like I also that. Like, but I also wonder, like, in 1980s New York in a cathedral, I'm going to go ahead and say that that probably even more so than now, vagrants and shit just Busting up in there is probably a normal thing. Pretty standard, I imagine. So for people to be like, oh my God, look at this guy. They, someone would have come up to him and been like, sir, can we help you with something? He hasn't gone full psycho yet. That's true. He's, he's just putting out candles and he acting will. Like, a, like a dickhead. So Kurgan, he approaches McLeod, tells him that Castagir is dead. So they're the only two left now, which is like, yeah, they've definitely narrowed the shit yeah, down. Yeah, if we've learned anything, that's not going to work. McLeod turns around to see that Kurgan has shaved all his fucking hair off. That I've seen this movie a handful of times now, and every time I forget that he's got no it's, hair. It's shocking. Like, and I'm like, fucking so, shit. So to, to this point in this scene, they've never shown his face. Yeah, and then right, he sits right. down, and he's got, he's got a super bulbous head because the bald the, cap, the great, bald is cap not great. that they put on him looks fucking terrible. Yeah, he, he looks agree. like he's got an alien head. The way that they show it, it makes it look like he's shaved his head with like his sword. He is patchy, just all botchy. He's got like a single patch, and it's kind of all over the place. He's got all these safety pins in his neck now too. That was fucking weird. That's a weird flex. Oh, that's punk rock, man. The makeup effects were pretty bad, but it was just like, how does that? That's definitely drawing attention to that scar on your neck, my friend. But I wonder if that was if that was to be like. I was wondering, is he starting to break down or is this like he's just going for a disguise? I, th- I think look? that he is just going like hardcore into like what he thinks of as 1980s Reagan era depravity. Well, like, and, oh, and he's get out severe. He's also trying to hide the scar because that was the one thing that right. the, like the guy reported on him is he had a big scar on his neck. And so 
I don't know about you. Yeah, it was the one thing that the police sketch got right was the scar on his neck. There well, you go. Well, and I don't know about you guys, but I was in I was in theater in high school, so I was a weirdo. But also, like, no, you were good. Well, like you know, you we would have one of the things I loved about that was that there was like people from all walks of life and interest in all sorts of stuff. But like the punk kids would put safety pins through themselves. Like that was a regular thing and it grossed me out. Yep. It was not something that I was into. I remember seeing it in people's ears and yeah, shit. With, but yeah, or that tongues. Was... Like I knew people had pierced their own tongues with a Ooh. safety pin. It's like, you guys are fucked. But like <laughs> through the neck seems like not so bad now. Ooh, it was God. pretty shocking though. His new look. Yeah. Right. It, it, it very, very much was. So Kurgan says he's in disguise now. So no one will recognize <laughs> him. Uh, McLeod yeah. demands to know what do you what do you want basically Kurgan says he wants McLeod's head and the prize Kurgan then like starts sexually harassing some nuns it was, <laughs> it was pretty gross yeah he was like he's big into the tongue in this cathedral yeah yes and this whole last bit of the movie yeah. it's bizarre it will say Clancy Brown's like get like doubling down on his which, Kurgan weirdness thank god he was because yeah. he kept shit interesting here yeah. but um McLeod says Ramirez didn't cut deep enough. Ramirez's blade did not cut deep enough. Fucking odd type shit. Yes, because Ramirez was busy earning style points for <laughs> poses and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So Kurgan says Ramirez was basically a punk who died on his knees. And that- well, but everyone who saw Ramirez die knows that he was standing up. <laughs> no, he was on his knees. Like he was on his knees he at was the top kinda, of that staircase. I thought he stood. I thought he stood enough like to cut did, his head off. I, I don't know. He was crouched at. at okay, most. Well, he was crouched. He, he was fine. in between. I'll, I will see that. He had like stabbed him <laughs> through the back, and he was like down on his knees at the top of that staircase. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how it went right. down exactly. D- it, it, well, we'll trust the expert here. Yeah. He was on his knees. Yeah, he was on his knees. Then he's like, and I even raped Ramirez's woman before his blood was cold. <laughs> Fucking hell. God. He's laughing maniacally. It's like, God damn, keep it down, Kurgan. Yeah, there like, are children there in are your people brain. everywhere. <laughs> people are beginning to clear out of the church at this point. Uh, McLeod stares Kurgan down. Kurgan deduces that Heather was his woman and not Ramirez's, and she never told you about the rape, right. which was a lot of deducing that was happening based on one look. Instantaneous. I mean, he's right. He figures it out. He's a piece of shit about it, though. Then Kurgan really goes in hard on him, saying, like, she probably didn't tell you about it because she liked it. Yeah. She you, was waiting for I me to come back. I gave her something you never did. Fuck. That's way across the line. But McLeod grabs him, and Kurgan reminds him, ah, there's a rule, no bloodshed on holy ground which I had fully forgotten about. But I'm like, oh, yeah, they established that early on in a throwaway line. <laughs> uh, so McLeod says, Kurgan, you can't hide in this church forever. Mm-hmm. Kurgan tells him, you're weaker than me. You'll always be weaker than me. McLeod tells him, well, I'll be waiting out front. He grabs his face, which I was like, ooh. Oh, mm-hmm. wait, who grabbed whose face? McLeod grabs Kurgan's face and says, I'll be waiting for you right Let's out remember front. that he literally just told him I'm going to wait for you outside. Yeah. Okay, so wait, who's going to be waiting for whom? McLeod is supposed to be on the stoop out there waiting for him to come out or whatever. Yeah. Kurgan says, we'll meet soon enough and Later, then laughs tater. maniacally. <laughs> McLeod leaves. A priest comes over, tells Kurgan, you got to keep it down, buddy. Kurgan marvels that this, like, God cares about these mortals. The priest tells him, well, he died for their sins. Kurgan says, that will be his undoing. And I'm like, what's what's Kurgan got in mind here? Some sinister shit, it sounds like, if he wins the prize. Yeah. 
I don't know what his plan is. Just to, he's going to kill God or some type. Well, shit. I think that with with the ability to influence or mind meld with the masses, with mm. scientists or whatever, that we learn at the very end of the movie, that it's like people are going to be in for a wake up call. Yeah, it's never been abundantly clear, but like. I assume that we're looking at some sort of Judeo-Christian plunge the earth into a thousand years of darkness kind of nonsense. And and maybe a plunge out of the Judeo-Christian thing would not be such... Maybe if you broke the mold of that, humanity would be like, oh, shit, wait. Maybe we've been getting it wrong all this time. It'll just be like know. the purge full time with... Because there's plenty, <laughs> there's plenty of people that I've met who only follow any sort of morality because they have some sort of faith or religion. And so yep. if not for the fear of damnation, I'd be fucking killing anyone. Cut yeah. me off in traffic. There are people like that, man. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fucked. It is absolutely bonkers. It is. It boggles. That's why people are like, anyway, <laughs> that's not yeah, Highlander. Back to Highlander. The quickening. <laughs> um, it's all the quickening. So Kurgan takes the priest's hand and then licks it. Tells that shit's creepy. It was fuck. fucked up, man. He tells the people that are still in the church, basically, it's better to burn out than to fade away. He's such a good villain. He is, dude. Fancy he's amazing. He's born to play a bad killing guy. It. Yeah, like, does all that crazy gyrating and laughing and stuff. I'm into it. Yeah, that shit was, had to be ad-libbed. It was lifting some Neil Young lyrics. Yeah. So then Kurgan cackles, walks out where we must assume McLeod is waiting for him. He just said he'd he be He just outside. said this was... 60 seconds ago, he said, I'm going to wait for you. McCod yeah. walked outside and called a cab. No, yeah, he I was can't gone. Do this now. He was gone instantly. Oh, damn, I forgot my sword. <laughs> yeah. I don't More have the a sword. Like, oh, fuck, I don't have a sword here. <laughs> Where's some pipe? <laughs> <laughs> More valuable weapon. Yeah, I'm better with Should've the pipe. Like, Give me a street lamp. I'm better with a bow staff. <laughs> so Brenda has returned to McCloud's shop where she's looking for him. Rachel's there. She's saying that Mr. Nash isn't here. Yeah. Brenda's like, look, Mr. Nash is dead. Rachel's holding the line. Yeah, she is. Just then, McLeod comes walking and asks, what are you doing here? He's back at the shop yeah. already. Ran. So yep. Brenda reveals that she knows that the real Nash died in childbirth many years ago. McLeod takes her to his inner sanctum where she's marveling at his acquired collection of shit. Yeah, knickknacks and bric-a-brac. Yeah, there's like this trippy <laughs> three to 360 degree shot like with yeah, the wide yeah. angle lens, yeah, which yeah, is a yeah. cool shot. In his kick-ass split level room. Ramirez's outfit was in there. They're all kind of swords and stuff that she was like, whoa. Some sweet flag of a mountain on fire. Are those like trophies of, of other immortals? I think probably so. The room is badass. I was into it. This is his uh, his sex lair. <laughs> McLeod tells her, I've been alive for four centuries. I can't die. She's like, well, we've all got our problems, <laughs> which is, I don't know what that was supposed to be. Funny. Yeah. Bad writing. She's wearing the shittiest 80s shoulder pad coat, by the way, in this. Yeah, <laughs> she, she is. It's got these like <laughs> chunky stripes and like five inch lapels. She looks like a fucking cartoon. Yeah. It's not great. She sees that McLeod's holding a dagger. She asks what he's planning to do with that. He puts it in her hand and then tells her his real identity. He says, I am Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. I was born in 1518 in the village of Glenfinnan on the shores of Loch Shiel, and I am immortal. That accent doesn't sound Scottish at all. His accent had gone to shit it, at this point. It, it fell apart. It was a third 
and somehow even shittier accent than we've heard from him thus far in the Robert movie. Robert of Loxley. Yeah, don't you think he would be <laughs> Connor of the Clan <laughs> McLeod at that point also? Like, he wouldn't be Connor McLeod. Like, they didn't have last names. No. He was halfway between his Scottish accent and his just normal accent. I was born in 1518 in the village of Glenfinnan on the shores of Loch Shiel, and I am immortal. At least he wasn't doing the Ren and Stimpy accent. <laughs> it was some. You idiot! <laughs> I'm Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. <laughs> you buffoon! I hate you! So, <laughs> so he takes her hand and he plunges that dagger into his own gut. What the fuck? It's a power move. She screams. He slumps over in pain. He pulls the bloody dagger out. She sees that he's not gonna die i guess and then another, he's bleeding another bit of jesus symbolism she touches his side wound the wound she puts her fingers in it yeah so you must touch my side this shit like gets her really turned yeah, on yeah. she's apparently. like i'm ready to fuck you stabbed now. me so now i'm going to stab <laughs> you the romantic music swells and the she fucking is puts it on awful him. the kissing is awful they have full sex he was dicking her all the way down. He was like biting on her nipples we, and shit. And we cut to naked silhouettes making it standing up in front of a window to be seen yeah. by the whole fucking neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Some big time day for night energy on this also. She is yeah. bent she is bent back practically in half he is while he puts his open mouth on her chin and then licks her neck and a nip. It's like none of this is sexy. Why it's like Bend backwards. <laughs> I want. I want you to literally bend. Like, I want you to crinkle at your spine. I want your head touching your your like coccyx bone. Like, and it's like the fuck is happening. This is not sexy. And he's just like licking her neck. Now, now, now. He was. Yeah, it was a odd. It was unlike sex scenes I've seen in other movies because there was a lot of like, I am taking your nipples in my teeth. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm kissing your, I'm stage kissing your yeah, breasts. But it was, then they go to, like, various bodies and sexual positions, but it's, it's, it was, Andrew, it was by far, say? like, the most shots were of Christopher Lambert's ass. <laughs> I was having a hard time almost telling who was who in the tangle of limbs that was happening. That's lovemaking, Kevin. I was, yeah. I couldn't tell where one the started and the other. Backs. Two became one. <laughs> Uh, then mercifully we cut away that's the quickening <laughs> like, do you feel that that's the quickening the quickening lasted hours <laughs> so then there was this hell of a jarring cut to snarling lions where the next day i guess mcleod and brenda are at the zoo checking out the fucking Just big chatting. cats chatting it up kurgan's yeah. out there hunting for him and he decided to take a trip to the zoo i love that he gives it the old post-coital it's not going to work. I can't, get <laughs> I can't get involved. I can't get involved with you. He took oh. her to the zoo to tell her basically it was a one night stand. <laughs> right before that, I hope he said, look at these lions. I can't get involved. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go look at the lions. Yeah. I'm going to let you down gently. That would have been the moment for him to apparate and disappear like other times in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Can't get involved. I'm not allowed Gone. to get involved with you. I've, that was weird. I've it was weird you. to take her to the zoo basically to dump her. Yep. So she tells him that most people are afraid to die, but you're afraid to live. Then we see in the background, there's a silhouette of the Kurgan. He's emerged right. from the shadows 
She's telling him basically, take care, don't lose your head. She was pretty like a stand up human about it. She didn't even like seem that pissed. Yeah. I well in this position, like what can she do? Like I'd be like, all right, well, all right. I'm I'm leaving town now, Dick Weed. Bye. Another weird thing I noticed on this watch when I was watching for details rather than enjoyment was either <laughs> they lost the original trench coat and then they found one that was like three sizes bigger or he lost like 50 pounds between the first time and this time. I think, it was, I it, think just, it was a bigger trench coat. It just swallows him in this scene. And I don't understand well, because other times he looks like a badass wearing it. I've advocated for the, uh, the preppy look that he's got going on. I'm a fan. I know you don't like it. But like in this one, it's like a dress. I'm into his look. I'm not into his white sneakers. <laughs> I would sneak. say any any choice, any different, even if he'd no, been wearing Converse. I don't like the, the stonewashed jeans, yeah. the, the Lee yeah. jeans with the trench coat is not great. Okay. I'm into all of it. If, if they had chosen a different footwear, I'd have been like, I can be on board so with this. So if he just like swapped out to some classic Adidas Sambas, you would have been fine with that look? If it, if it, no, we need I, I, well, I want right? to see it. I want to see it first. I want to see what he's <laughs> wearing. Right. But in this scene, I, yeah, I was just like, I actually also thought it was interesting that they had her dressed in a tartan jacket. Ooh, yeah, with the sleeves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. God, it's the the mechanics of this. She's wearing something different than she was wearing the day before. Yeah. So he fucked her back at his place in her big shoulder pad shit. Uh huh. Like. Let's go to your place. So you can change clothes. Change clothes so we can go to the zoo so I can dump you. I don't want to know that we've had sex when we're at the zoo. (laughs) I don't want the lions to know. Yeah. (laughs) They'll kill you. Not me. They'll kill you. Don't tell them. (laughs) What? Yeah. So now, basically, she bids him farewell in a very mature manner. Yeah. Uh, Kurgan sort of recedes back into the shadows. Yeah. Later on, Brenda's returning to her place with a fucking load of books, massive books. What the fuck was that? Is it like it was like textbooks, swords, sword books, ancient religions? Maybe after a bad like breakup, she recedes into the world of metallurgy. Well, I think that she was maybe maybe she was trying to like discover the clue as to like learn more immortals, about the, immortals' existence or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, who knows what the fuck she was doing? She gets to her door. Kurgan pops out, popsicle in hand. He's been waiting for her there. He just keeps getting weirder and weirder as the movie goes along. Right. But I'm here for it. She she uh, she goes in her apartment. She barricades herself. But Kurgan bursts through the door, chasing her around the fucking spacious apartment. She's like, "Hello, pretty again. Hello, pretty pretty hair." <laughs> <laughs> there's there's weird lighting in there yeah it was like red and well, strange yeah it's almost like the wall sconces are supposed to they're emulating candlelight and then all the wallpapers red i think or that was when that killer song started playing that i'm not yeah. sure if it was a queen song or a or a score song I don't either it probably was queen though because it didn't sound like score but he chases her around for a few seconds catches her He's abducted her now. He's driving wildly through the streets of New York City. The music was fucking banging. Yeah. I loved this shit that was playing right while they're driving through the streets. Agreed. He asks, have you ever played chicken? He starts driving the wrong way down a one-way road. He leaves like Rex in his wake and then jumps up on the sidewalk and seems like maybe he ran over pedestrians. Yeah, he's no, he's definitely. Is that he's what's killed, happening? He's yeah. killed pedestrians. Okay. I don't love this part. Like, I, I feel don't like either. it lasts way too long. 
It was long. I, oh, the only thing I liked about it was the song. Yeah, the song rocks. He's just mowing people down, and maybe it's supposed to ratchet up the feeling of desperation on his part because he's supposed to be like getting to his he's the climax like, of his power. He's getting like more and more sort of unhinged. But but this the, all of this seemed gratuitous to me. Yeah, true. Like it, like it was gonna fill time. I I agree with you, Andrew. It's like it yeah, it establishes like, something at the beginning, but like. It goes on for so long. And this movie's not yeah. like, it's not a full two hours and it's three, four minutes of driving. Like we haven't had this much sword fighting. Yeah, that's yeah. Great point. Great point. It's true. Yeah. This, this, this drive and her, uh, uh, Brenda freaking out during the drive. It's like, it's a long ass time. Yes. They, they definitely, we got the point filmmakers. But so he's speeding down the streets. All these wrecks are happening back behind them, which I felt like a lot of those wrecks are really like nothing to do with him. Mm. I'm like, cars are just plowing into each other. Yeah, because he's zipping through. He's running lights, I guess. He's zipping through intersections and then they're like distracted. But some of them were like, he was well clear and then two cars just collide. Yeah, I agree. But I also love thinking about how much fun probably clancy brown was having during this oh, yes. scene oh yeah because he is just like eating this shit up so now he cuts a really close driving between two tractor trailers which was another one of those like don't go between them go between them of course man he starts now singing his rendition of new york new york as he wrecks a motorcyclist. And, yeah, and then Freddie starts singing theirs. Yeah, that was, Kurgan was fucking chewing scenery. Oh, yeah. Queen's version of New York, New He's York takes over. He's going full mass murder, Kurgan has at this point. Totally. Yeah. There's no cops anywhere, No, by the way. But with the Queen's New York, New York playing, like it was the weirdest sort of music and movie action combo, I felt I, like, of I, the I, film. In my notes, I was like, did we need any of this? Because it's like, it doesn't really happen against the backdrop Andrew, and you can jump in here too. I was like, it like against the backdrop of the city. I felt like mm-hmm. we're on the outskirts. It like didn't strengthen the vibe. Of He's New on his York. way out to yeah. Queens or something. I, I frankly feel like they could have cut the whole car chase bit out. Like you show the like capturing her in her apartment. He grabbed her and then jumped to the like voicemail, voicemail answering machine, um, <laughs> answering machine message that uh, McLeod gets in the next bit absolutely on the most ancient piece of answering machine technology that's ever existed it was huge that's our blast from the it past. was a, like a reel-to-reel answering yeah. machine basically that's our blast from the past. Well, and it's got like the turn knob play instead of a button like a regular <laughs> tape deck i i think that that this this could have been undone by making more of the the highlander cast gear duel with uh kurgan a kurgan and then, and then something else here, maybe like the kidnapping. But man, this car chase bit just did not make sense to me at all. Yeah. It dragged the action down, even though it was meant to be an action sequence. You know, if they needed to fill time, why didn't they have Castagir and McLeod practice? Like have a sword, like a sword fight, like a you know sparring yeah. session and discussion yeah. to establish him as more of a character. That's three minutes they could have added something before Castagir died. I'm glad if if they are indeed remaking this movie, I'm glad they are, because this is a movie where you could remake it into something like special. Uh, it's special now, Kevin. <laughs> True. Touche. It is. It is. But but also it's like the bones are there to like, and I don't say this about a lot of 
um, series and and previously made movies, but this is one that like could be done and done well with very little effort to explain the mythos yeah. behind like what it means to be an immortal, what it means for for all of this action to progress, how does it happen, who needs to kill who when for for someone to become you know, the, the last one standing. It carries a lot of potential, like a, like a Philip K. Dick novel where like it's, yes. it's poorly written and all over the place, but the story's there. And then some talented filmmaker can go turn it into Blade Runner. This kind of has that mm, style. True. Yep. Agreed. So hopefully they nail it. If there is another one on the way. And I kind of hope there is actually, but so back at his apartment, McLeod's got, uh, that recording of the Kurgan on his ancient, answering machine the prototype answering machine <laughs> the first one basically kurgan saying i've got brenda and i'll be waiting for you and i guess he told him where he would be but we don't hear any of that mm-hmm. now rachel is there she astutely points out that the kurgan's gone mad mm-hmm. it's like no shit but is he getting crazier than he has been in the I past think he, i think he's I think breaking he is down. right yeah, i yeah. think he's reached his expiration date because of his uh, murderous spree so mcleod grabs his katana tells rachel that, uh, you know, I left a letter with instructions for you and a power of attorney. She sort of guesses this means you're expecting that you're not going to be coming back, whether you live or die. And he says, yeah, Nash is dying tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been his alter ego in this 80s New York or whatever. We haven't talked about this yet, but Rachel's kind of a hot older woman. Dude, she is. She's a I found lady. her smoking hot, dude, especially in the scene where she was like giving the face caress. I was like, these two should be just banging. Yeah. <laughs> like, those are the nipples you should be biting, Highlander. <laughs> Please make me a t-shirt that says those are the nipples you should be biting and six degrees of Schwarzenegger. Comma Highlander. <laughs> or just a picture of Christopher Lambert's face. <laughs> These are the nipples you should be biting. <laughs> it could be my date night t-shirt. Oh, fucking hell. Actually, you could probably make a bunch of money on that. Have you seen uh, Lambert lately? Not since Mortal he's Kombat. He's had like a lot. It seems like he's had a lot of Botox. He's kind of got Aww. like a Mickey Rourke looking Ooh. thing oh, going. No. I feel That's like. That's a shame. He looks like someone's grandma. But um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so Highlander tells Rachel. He, he Basically, he's walking out the door. He's leaving. He tells Rachel, it's a kind of magic, which is like, fucking, why are you saying that, dude? You creepy fucking prick. Well, he, he, he said that to her when she was a child. He did. It's a callback, but it's also just the line gets fucking weird line, and then his delivery makes it even weirder. Yeah. Even when he said it to her as a child, I made a note, and he's like, hey, it's a kind, it's a kind of, of magic. It's a fucking and it's like, pedophile's hey, line. It seems weird, and then mm-hmm. when he said it here, I was like, I know it's supposed to be paying off the thing you said earlier, but it's still not, it's like, doesn't like you're not doing it. Right. I would rather he had sung it. Like it's a kind of magic. <laughs> it's a kind of magic. Yeah. Lambert, all he's delivering is just weirdness. Yeah. That's all I'm getting. The man from doesn't him. speak English. That's true. Yeah. He's That's learned English true. for this movie. Basically is my understanding. So now we cut to rooftop. McLeod has found Brenda. She's bound to this big rooftop sign. Silver cup which was like a film studio out in Queens. Still is. Still is? Yeah. I think they filmed a lot of, I assume they filmed on their sound stages. Lots and lots of shows still film there, apparently. And basically, let's film on the roof. 
what I had read was originally this thing was supposed to end on like the top of the Statue of Liberty, and then it was supposed to be like, well, maybe it's going to be in an amusement park, and just to keep the budget down, they right. were like, why don't we just film it on the roof of the studio where we're filming all the other shit? Perfect, perfect. <laughs> so he climbs up to rescue her. He somehow doesn't notice that the Kurgan's also up there. Is he blocking his quickening? It's a kind of magic. He can't feel the stag. <laughs> yeah. Kurgan drops. Stag boner. Kurgan pops out. They get to sword fighting. As usual with these immortal fights, there's like sparks flying everywhere. Kurgan gets knocked down off the catwalk. I was, I was also not surprised to see a healthy amount of steam on that roof. <laughs> yeah, very steamy on these rooftops. <laughs> oh, so much steam. But yeah, they're, they're fighting. Uh, Kurgan gets knocked off the catwalk, but he starts hacking away at the beams, I guess, from down below. There's so much major continuity issues here. So <laughs> It's a mess. So a Kurgan battles McCloud. He fights him to the end of a catwalk. Next shot, McCloud swordless swings down like he's on some parallel bars onto the next level that he was just on uh-huh. picks up his sword and get back in the fight is this before or after he zip lined before the, this before, is all before uh, he's yeah, up on the sign still so i'm like there's so much continuity issues like with this fight that i was like oh. no that's just the quickening oh okay yeah it's a kind of <laughs> magic the- <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah kurgan he starts like sort of hacking away he's like threatening to knock the whole entire sign down Mm -hmm. this is where mcleod is just like peace out brenda and zip lines down off the off the sign they start sword fighting now down below he just narrowly avoids like flying off the building right they start fighting the whole sign is sort of falling apart letters are falling one by one one must think about if he had flown off the side of the building it wouldn't matter it would have been an a momentary inconvenience. Yeah, he would have just had to limp his ass back up. He could have jumped off a few floors, mm-hmm. wait a few minutes, and walk right back up. Hey, yeah, let those bones down fuse here now. or whatever's happening. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> so much of this fighting is like, uh, all I need to do is cut off your head. It's inconsequential. Nothing matters except a decapitation. It, like, people like taking extra special care not to fall. The only reason it makes sense to to do that is because it's going to take you eight minutes to walk up a flight of stairs sure. or whatever. If you have a shattered leg as well, it's probably right. like going to slow you down. Right. Anyway. But yeah, the the <laughs> the sign is sort of falling apart, but very slowly, like letter by letter yeah. is falling off the Kurt, sign. Kurgan is like chopping it to bits. Debris is hitting the rooftop water tower and knocks that over. Water spills everywhere. It was like kind of a badass action set piece. Yeah, yeah. it's not bad. Like as I was like, oh, this is where all the money went, obviously. As McLeod and Kurgan, they're fighting in the water now. Blue lightning is fucking everywhere. They blew out the blue lightning budget on this last. I also want to point movie. out that like nothing was ever made of the fact that a Kurgan's sword can be disassembled. Yeah, it should have just broken at some point. Nope. Like, nothing ever. It was like, oh, shit. It, cool. it was just it's a, a cool, just cool, cool earlier. He could keep it in a backpack. I was thinking about him sword fighting in this scene and being like, so what? Yeah, dude. No, yeah. it's never, there never was relevant. Nope. What I'm surprised <laughs> was, by in this scene is that there's blue lightning going up and down their sword blades the whole time, which suggests that there's electricity in the water and they seem unbothered by the fact that they're being fucking electrocuted. That's a, that's a great point. But can that, can that hurt them? 
I don't know. Oh, I'm sure it would hurt them. Like they get hurt when they get stabbed. So like, why not? Or hurt? drowned. Drowning is uncomfortable yeah. until they're not drowned anymore. They clearly <laughs> so, feel pain. Like, so they should stop and like convulse and be like ah. electrocuted and then be like, and then walk it off. Or do they keep being electrocuted until they get out of the electrocuted water? I don't know what the fuck was happening anymore, man. I was just like, I was, I'm just here for the show, baby. Yeah. I'm just here to wait. I'm just waiting for Highlander to chop. Curry's I'm waiting for the off. big blue lightning. Thank you. <laughs> the, now McLeod ducks down under the water for some reason. McCurgan's looking around Die. and he also goes under the water. McLeod pops up from the water and Kurgan pops up behind him and the sword fights back on. So that was a few moments of screen. Everyone time. is stabbing blindly, which again, why are you stabbing? Yes. You know you can't kill him. Chop, chop, him, chop it. <laughs> uh, El Chapo. <laughs> <laughs> the section of the sign that Brenda's on starts to tip over. It leaves Brenda like dangling off the edge of the building because the sign's fully fallen over. It, now, she's able to climb safety and free herself somehow. Mm -hmm. She was yeah, bound to the yeah. thing. Now she's yeah, free. Yeah, the thing. She, she was bound, and then as soon as it topples over, she's Oh, I'm not bound sudden. anymore. Yeah. But as the fight rages on between McLeod and Kurgan, they fall through this skylight down into the huge empty warehouse-type space below soundstage, I guess it would be. They get up. They keep on fighting. I thought it was pretty dope, actually, the way it was all backlit. Yeah, and, I like, the, the look of it was cool. That the was silhouettes. It's cool. a cool scene. So Brenda incredibly fastly makes her way down to where they are because she's there instantly. Yeah. Yep. Kurgan seems like he's getting the upper hand on the fight. Seems like maybe he's ready to finish McLeod off. Brenda pops out, hits Kurgan in the back with a piece of pipe. There's never not a piece of pipe lying around. In this she movie. ought to have given that pipe to McLeod because it's the only weapon he's good with. He's a pipe man. Yeah, he's a pipe man. <laughs> he's a Bo Staffman. <laughs> he's Donatello. He's not Leonardo. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so, so Kurgan slowly stalks Brenda. And when he's going to kill her with his sword, McLeod blocks the swing. And he says... What kept you to Brenda, which is the first time in this whole movie that he's shown any type of a sense of humor. <laughs> and, and also nothing kept her. She was down there immediately. She literally teleported. It was a wet fart of a moment. Yeah, absolutely. The sword fighting between McLeod and Kurgan is back on. McLeod has renewed vigor. The music gets triumphant as shit. And McLeod <laughs> seems to take control. McLeod slashes Kurgan across the belly. Why? I don't yeah, know. Wh what are you? What are you wasting time for? Kurgan seems like he's maybe holding his guts in with his hand, and his eyes get like really dilated or yeah, he gives, dark and huge. He gives he gives um a Jedi salute before charging. Finally, this is at the the final moment. Yeah, like like yeah. he's like holding his guts in. Ship picks up. Kurgan seems like he was like fucking orgasming from having his like being yeah, but disemboweled. I think, that, I think that he felt and I wondered is like is it because he'd been alive so long that he's like fucking finally I'm gonna die. Yeah. Finally. Maybe. I don't know what was happening. Well I was just gonna say like even though the the stabbing or the slicing of the stomach is a little bit weird this is the like legit sword fight of the movie like this they actually do some stuff here. It lasts for a yes. few minutes. They actually seem to be 
fighting uh, rather than just like, oh, I'm going to shrug you off and chop your head off. Um, <laughs> so like, I feel like all of the, the fight choreography went into this scene. Yeah, agreed. All of this whole part before is shot for shot the exact move sequence as the Ramirez versus Kurgan fight. Yeah. Oh, it was the same choreography? All of McLeod's moves are the exact same as Ramirez's moves. Interesting. All of his poses that he makes with the swords and stuff are shot for shot the same moves that he makes. So they re the, they redid the same And that's fight. what I said. I was like, they saved a shit ton of money by teaching yeah. two actors the same fight choreography and yeah. they're just doing the fight over again. I didn't yeah. even notice that. Yeah. Because like, all of McLeod's sword poses are the same as Ramirez's sword poses. You listeners can't see this, but John is posing in the room right now, and <laughs> yeah. it's amazing. In the, in the Highlander Thanks. sword pose, the Thank one you. that they show, like it's on the TV show, like it becomes a... A trademark of yeah the Highlander series. There can be only one pose. That's right. <laughs> that, that's what they teach in Highlander school. Well, you got to do it this way. Or it's this not is work. the way. <laughs> this is the way. So now Kurgan's making one last lunge at McLeod. He's who sidesteps and slashes. There's this sort of pregnant pause where we're not quite sure what happened. They stare each other down, and then Kurgan's head sort of just tilts back gruesomely, and like magic spills out of his neck. Kurgan's head basically falls off, I guess. It's like like magical energy comes erupting out of his neck. Yeah, dude must have been like the most powerful immortal, right? Like he's got centuries, he killed the most eons worth of millennia worth of magic stored up in him. The quickening is spraying everywhere. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of like he smiles, his head like peels back off his body. There's a lot of blue light erupting out of the neck hole. His arms are still trying to fight. Yeah. Brenda's like watching all this and all the camera pushes on a McLeod. And then there's like and then he does the, like the terrible the one, the terrible delivery. There can be only one. And then shit. All hell breaks loose. Yeah, dude. All the windows explode out of the building behind McLeod. Uh, the blue lightning and energy monsters are swirling around. Yeah, I, like what are what's what happening? This is what I was talking about earlier. Every it's like, quickening is different. It, yeah. But this one is like it's full of the tormented souls that mm. that uh, the Kurgan had absorbed. Yeah, the, sure. The souls bit is a little bit odd. Like the blue lightning, I would have been fine with, but yeah, the. The, the, the idea blue lightning that is established. Like ghosts flying all around seems very strange. It's new. It doesn't make any sense. Crudely animated like demons and shit. Yeah, it was like um, I was trying to think of some other like in Ghostbusters, but worse. Like some of those, <laughs> yeah. like some of those like phantoms that like squirt around, and you're like, what are, uh, it happened what a little bit in Conan when like Conan yeah, yeah, yeah. died and the ghosts came to take him away, but he they didn't get him yeah. or whatever. But yeah, so McCloud like levitates up off the ground. Brenda's looking on in amazement. McLeod then starts to yell out, the quickening overpowers me. I know. I know everything. I am everything. It's like, oh, this is a wait, weird what? time for very detailed exposition. Yeah. About exactly what I'm experiencing. Let me let me speak it out loud. Well, this yeah. is the first and only time that we've gotten any description of what the hell happens with the prize. Um, like, it could have yeah, been established be- earlier on of like knowing, uh, you know, knowing everything, being everything, if they had set up some sort of situation where they were like demigods or gods or some kind of thing. Or, or even momentarily reiterated the fact that Highlander, 
Castigier and Kurgan were the only three left. And that when Castigier died, there were only two left. Mm-hmm. Like to be like, all right, well, this is it. This is the this is the magic throwdown. <laughs> but instead it was just like, well, back to business as usual, one guy killing another guy. And it there wasn't a lot of build up in like yeah, it wasn't as epic as it should have been. And you'd, right. you'd think also that like if the if the powers transferred between them, like he would have known half the stuff, a quarter of the stuff. He would have been a quarter powerful if Interesting. Cur- Do you know if you are if you are an immortal that has killed people, do you know stuff? Do you know the shit they knew? Or, That's are you just, or are you just strengthened by their immortal fervor or whatever? I mean, it, it strikes me that like if, if at the end you, the prize is whatever shared from whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's not established well enough. No, I'm with you. Like, like at the end you, like if you absorb all the stuff at the very end, if you're the last guy. Yeah. But like before that, have you absorbed anything? Yeah, I don't know. There's a, <laughs> there's a there's a weird there's a weird exploding head that is clearly styrofoam in this bit also that like yep. suggests Wait, that maybe they didn't exploded? think it all the way through and they were just like, what if a head explodes? I don't know. Kurt, it was a Kurgan head. No, what head exploded? Uh, it's McLeod's. It's seemingly a model a model of McLeod's head. As he's he's all the quickening is rushing into him. The quickening, At, yeah, like <laughs> among the like last seconds, he like magically converts to a styrofoam head and then it explodes. <laughs> you go frame by oh, frame, man. it gets weird. But yeah, like, this is where McLeod. This is the bit where McLeod's like th- being thrashed around in the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff. These cl- wires are visible as fuck. Oh yeah, that are, are holding him up. Yeah, specters flying in and out of him. Yeah. He's being penetrated. Yeah. He's being He's violated. Sex noises. Oh, while he does somersaults oh, in the, the air. Quickening. It penetrates me. <laughs> but so he plops on the ground, spent. Brenda comes. <laughs> Brenda comes to hold him in her arms. We oh, fade baby. to the Scottish Highlands. We're back at square one. Where Professor Xavier's X Men jet. Flies away in the background. What the <laughs> fuck was that? There's a fighter jet zoom through. Oh, I, yeah. I was I was watching that, being like, is that supposed to mean that he's like super wealthy and they've just dropped him off? Or is I was literally I was like, that's the X Men jet. That is a that is is it is it Wonder Woman's invisible plane? I don't know. I don't know what that was. That was bizarre. Yeah, I didn't notice until like the my final viewing. I think I wasn't watching the screen. I'm like, holy shit, a fighter jet just flew through. <laughs> Some maverick, which means that was probably shit. in Wales, you know, because there's a big, there's a big RAF. Oh, that could be the out, very end, and maybe it's Wales. Wales. So Brenda, I could see that is asking McLeod describe the prize. He says it's like a whirlwind in his head, but if I focus, I can tell what's happening and what people are thinking all over the world, and I can help people, and I they I can help them understand each other. That's including presidents. Diplomats, scientists. scientists, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's fucking weird. Seems dubious to me. So Brenda, making it all about herself, says, "Well, why don't you tell me what I'm thinking, bitch?" And he I'm says, scared. "You're thinking whether or not you can love me. You can. I'm just like you. I can love." And have children. So that's a big change, yeah, I guess, in his old. lifestyle. I can live and grow old. That's weird. So, all right. So let's What's pause, happened let's right pause now? for a moment and talk about then what the prize is. 
mortality. If you have the prize, you can choose. You can choose it's, mortality. Yeah, it's clairvoyance. It is the ability to bear children. Now you can. You are now uh, virile. Or it's what's her name? Be, what's um? What's what was who's live Tyler in uh? Lord of the Rings. Uh, Arwen. I choose a mortal. Arwen. Arwen, yeah. I choose a mortal. Life. You can choose a mortal life, I guess. So, but so, but he, it, it's part and part, right? Because he can also die. So, but if he doesn't die, does he just live forever? Like if he's not know. killed. Gen- like if he generally, just, that logic checks out. If he doesn't die, then he would live forever. Right. So that's what I'm saying is like, unless, <laughs> unless something befalls him, like an attack or something. Oh, if he's not killed. He just no, I feel like he would, I feel like he would die of old age. Okay. So he is, he is now mortal. Except well, he could choose to be. I don't know that he did choose to be. Okay. So you think that is, that it is a straight up Arwen thing where she can choose. I think to I be can mortal. choose to have children and live a mortal life. I can choose to remain immortal. I like I'm om- omnipotent, okay. right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's he, my that's what I gather. I think in his all powerfulness as the prize, he can choose to be or do whatever he wants, which is. Well, what happens? Clue us in on the sequels. Like, does he stay this immortal Highlander? No, people keep popping up out of nowhere that are also immortals. Um, then there's the whole alien <laughs> bit um, that flies in the face of there's only one left. But, yeah. you know, yeah, there's. That's the flaw of this uh, franchise. Well, yeah, it's, yeah it, it does not lend itself to being a franchise because it suggests that this is it. Um, if they had made a move in the vein of what, like, the Matrix, the second Matrix mm-hmm. movie suggested, which is that the one gets redistributed back into all of the other, like, yes. that would have made a lot more sense. Um yeah, the quickening gets divvied up into a thousand more yeah. new and, immortals. And then new immortals come back and they just do the same thing. Or like you get to live your life, but then once you die as an like as a mortal now, you get to use your time to shape the world as you wish as omnipotent. And then once you die, then it's distributed back into other immortals. There were so many directions that this could have been taken. And they chose the weird ones that didn't make well, sense. They probably they, they chose the ones that had honestly like really good kernels of a story and then just didn't didn't expand any yeah. of them which yeah. is a shame it's strange the way this plays out but what happens now the ghostly like apparition i guess of ramirez appears and we see a montage of the earlier action of the movie ramirez is saying patience islander you've done well but it'll take time you are generations being born and dying Okay, you are at one with the living things. Each man's thoughts and dreams are yours to know. That's you not- have power beyond imagination. Use it well, my friend. Don't lose your head. I don't like any of that. No. Like the whole last half of that, I'm like, that's not cool at all. I don't even know what it means. It means honest. he's he's brand Stark. He's brand Stark at the end of fucking Game of Thrones, the TV series, where it's like, well. We'll make him king because he's plugged into the matrix yeah. and he can manipulate he, it. He's like a he's like a mortal god is what it kind of presents, and then he just plants the worst kiss that's ever been filmed on. Oh, Brenda. it's terrible! Oh uh, man, they start he, making out. He would swallow her whole head if his jaw would open far enough. <laughs> dressed, like dressed he unhinged for, his jaw. Dressed for summer on the Cape. No, I felt like they were. They had the same hairstyle now too, <laughs> and clothes, <laughs> jeans, and that white yeah. sweater. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's, it's 
we're summering on the cape. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Muffy. Uh, but yeah, fucking and then roll credits. And that's that, that was. Yeah. I felt like they wanted to wrap the movie up as quick as fucking possible. Well, that that's why it's like you got to move through this thing so that people don't have time to ask questions. Yeah, get them out of the theater. Get the next batch of uh, right. That's the thing is like in. now it, you know you watch it on Amazon. You can pause it and read you know trivia about the film mm-hmm. in real time. So it's a much different animal than I know than it would have been being eight or nine years old and watching it. So I, I agree with what you said earlier, where if you were in the theaters or at home watching on video and you saw this as a 10 year old or 12 year old, like, you think fucking... this fucking killer. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine myself as a, as a discerning adult watching it in the theater in 1986, if I would have liked it or not. And I can't really imagine I would have thought it was good. This is not a film for discerning adults. This is a film for us. Yeah. It's a film for told, 80s well, kids. Well, that's the thing, too, is that... Um, oh, no, I meant us as adults. <laughs> yeah, but, but now, but now in, in, like, I've been thinking a lot about this in, in the past few weeks, especially watching this movie, but, like, looking at the things that are coming out on Netflix and Amazon and everything else, and, and yes, I will say to HBO's credit, to Amazon's credit, that there are some big high fantasy things out there, which I am totally into. Yeah. Um, but I think that revisiting something like this and really fleshing it out with some talented uh, writers could, I mean, it, it could be, it could revive it yeah, it, in a big way. I mean, the story in general is very pulp. Like it's, it has that same kind of high fantasy thing of like, we're just going to crank some stuff out. We're going to create a mythos and then just like run with it. Um, yeah. Where the quality of the storytelling or the quality of the presentation matters less than the like buying into the big picture story of these immortals who um, battle to win the prize kind of thing, which I I think is probably what appealed like was what about it appealed to me when I was young Um, and still appeals to me this day of like, you know, this is a silly movie and I get that. But at the same time, it's like, I, I don't know. I'm kind of rooting for him, even though he's a creepy weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, I can, I can imagine watching this and being like, well, I know that's the good guy. And I know this is the bad guy. And I don't care because blue lightning and everyone's sword fighting and Sean Connery's in this. And it's, yeah, it's awesome. It's very cool. There was cool stuff happening. There was enough like interesting subject matter. I feel like that you're like, this is beautiful. something. And it was probably at the time, I'm sure it was like, felt very original and something like different yeah. than what you've seen. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they're jumping around in time. That's cool. Yeah. Very I haven't cool. really seen that before. Like this guy's immortal. He's like lived in, in medieval times. He's lived in the in wars. He's lived in whatever revolutionary times. Yeah. Modern day. Very cool stuff. Yeah. I agree. Um, is oddly to me, the movie was like a financial bomb when it came out. Mm. It, it, the budget of the movie was 19 million and apparently only made 13 million. Mm. So it lost money, which but it developed this cult following and spawned like six movie sequels and three TV series. I've seen them like, well, obviously there's something to the concept that people are into and people keep trying to make it work. Um, And I think it could be made to work. I hope this new, this new version that's happening in the works, like with the, with the director of John wick, I hope it happens. I hope it's great. There's really no reason that it couldn't be good. Agreed. 
I think I think uh, several of the things that it spun off as well were anime or cartoon. Yeah, there was animation. I think there was two stuff. animated series and one one live action and series. Like animated series seem like the thing that would really allow this mm. to thrive. Um, so I I kind of I I hadn't realized that until this conversation or lead up to this, and so I kind of want to go back and check out what that's like. Um, you know, I could see a comic. I'd read a comic of this. Um, yeah, absolutely. That must exist. I think it's, yeah, become a, a franchise in all different type yeah. of media. Um, but, I mean, like, if they can make, um, what's it called, uh, Big Trouble in Little China into a, a series of graphic, graphic novels. Yeah. Hell yeah, sure. this belongs in the graphic novel series. Yeah. This falls in the same genre as Big Trouble in Little China, like a... Totally. An original sort of mystical. Where your hero is a little bit less of a jackass, but no less. Like there's tons of mystical forces happening yeah. around mm -hmm. that. Like a real life, like a, an everyday person, like someone that you would see walking down the street, but also happens to have been alive for 400 years. Yeah. It clearly touched a nerve with people because it, it became a thing. It's like, a phenomenon. I, I was shocked when I saw that the sequel had Sean Connery in it. Again, I'm like, fucking Sean yeah. Connery came back for another one? I would have thought this was like a money grab payday for him. Especially since, you know? like, um, in and around, like, when he did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he was like, all right, yeah. I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to stop doing shit like this, and I'm only doing movies that I want to do. I mean, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen made him retire from acting entirely. Yeah. I don't, well, I don't know when the sequel to this came out, but it must have been around, like, Last Crusade times, which I would have thought, like, oh, damn, you're, like, that's as good as it gets, right? You're doing Indiana Jones with Spielberg and Harrison when Ford. When was Last Crusade? 89? Yeah, yeah, it was 89. I don't know when the sequel to this came out, but I bet it was not with more than a year or two removed. Shit, Well, that's and crazy. like the very next year, he did Untouchables. In 87, yeah, he did he Untouchables. he got his Oscar. So like, Man, that, he just kind of that movie believed recently. in this, um, I guess. What's crazy was, okay, so he did, first of all, he filmed his entire appearance in this movie filmed in one week. So they was just like shooting at a manic pace, I guess. But also he came back for the sequel, which was like only the second time in his career that he played a character, the same character in more than one movie. The other time being like Bond. Interesting, mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm like, oh, damn. All right. You never did other like sequels to any other whatever the fuck shit you were doing. Like, but I guess that didn't makes exist sense when I think about time. it. Yeah. But it's like, I, I think he had a blast doing it. I think he liked filming in Scotland. I think he liked that they let him drink during filming. I mean, I, yeah. I think he's been a man that's been like willing to make a gamble. Like that's how he ends up in Zardoz and that weird, you know, yeah, that shit was crazy. Underwear bandolier costume. I've never seen it. I've seen the outfit only and damn. Okay, Sean. Rocking it. Yeah, he did. Did he have a ponytail in that as Hell well? Yeah. yeah. Good wig work in this movie for Connery. Because mm -hmm. he must have been bald as a motherfucker. He like, would, yeah, he's and, been bald. And the yeah. wig looked yeah. good on him. So they yeah. blew all the money because every on other bit of makeup and wig effects looked it on, shitty. It was on, it was on Sir Sean's yeah. wig. Yeah. Maybe it was a BYO wig. He's like, I'll bring my own from home. <laughs> It'll be great. I've got a piece for this. <laughs> Remember how good his fake hair looked in The Rock? Yeah, shit. It, that, I, thought, I thought when I saw that movie, I was like, Damn. He got hair again. It grew yeah. back. Yeah. Fucking it grew back. He was it was bald. He was bald as fuck. Yeah, dude. Fucking A. I love Sean Connery. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Yeah.
Wow. Man, is that the end of this movie? I, we made it. Um, it. Nothing. We don't know how it ends. No stone is left unturned, um, as always. Yeah. All the loose threads are tied up. Pr- yeah. Priceless, uh, priceless insight from Andrew, Shit, our favorite yeah. guest. Thank you. The number one guest. Number one guest or number one fan, probably. I'm a big fan. Well. <laughs> I listen every week. Oh, that's amazing. But you're you're my hero too, Andrew. You're, so. oh, you're too good for us. That's weird. You're, you're too, too good, good for us, us. Actually, I'm waiting for you to launch your own podcast. When's it coming out? Um, how early? How? What's the process like? I don't know. We're we're talking. So we were talking music at the beginning of this episode. I want to say, or the beginning mm-hmm. of last episode. So some friends and I are starting a podcast called "Used to Be Cool," where we just talk about music. Um, you're trying to get people to listen to like new shit. Yeah. New finds or like new going good to, stuff. Into, I love that deep, deep dives into individual artists or, um, one of the episodes we're talking about is doing like a, uh, what was your like teen angst song when you were 16 and just like sharing them blind on tape where we discuss and talk it through. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll shoot it out and, um, yeah, y'all can, y'all can share Absolutely. it. With your we'll, we'll plug the shit out of it. Oh, that's Definitely. awesome. Absolutely. Then y'all can be guests with me and talk through music because that would be awesome. Dude, I can't Ooh. wait to tell you about my my first albums I ever owned. <laughs> there were some there were some some scandalous shit. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. I think when I got a CD player, my first well, I got a CD player was probably like ninety two. Okay. Something like that. First albums were uh, the Aladdin soundtrack. Nice. Hell yeah. Crisscross. Oh, Daddy Mac will make you. I had that yeah. one. Um I got a Michael Bolton album. Ooh, interesting. From my my aunt, my aunt gave me. I got Michael Bolton, a Tears for Fears, and a Duran Duran. Nice. All it's like just two out of three ain't all bad. over the place with the Kenny G, and I got a Kenny G album. I knew you were gonna fucking Man. say that because I was thinking of him being like. My parents gave me a Kenny G album. What the fuck was listening? People were listening, man, in 1991, 92. Yeah, that man has made a lot of money. Oh yeah, he has. Anyway, anyway, yeah, we're gonna be. I want to be on that podcast. Sneak preview. I'm down. Awesome, <laughs> Andrew. We love you. Thanks for coming on, as always. I'm, Listeners, thanks for listening, as yes. always. We know this has been a, this has been a long series, but. It's been worthwhile. Andrew's got something he wants to say over there. Oh, I, I was going to say, I love you guys. Thanks for having me again. Oh, <laughs> always, dude. So we'll start looking forward to the next thing. You used to teach, right? I did. You were a teacher at some point. So yeah, when we do kindergarten cop, I'm feeling like you're the man. Hell yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. I love kindergarten cop. I love it too, dude. That's a fucking it's classic. It's one of my favorite um, so we'll get to that at some point. Look forward to that and probably in the new year, folks. Amazing. Um, in the meantime, keep strong. Keep listening. Keep lifting those weights. Keep taking your vitamins and saying your prayers. <laughs> and we'll be back. 